Well, welcome from the soundstage of Tennessee to regions beyond, wherever you are, those here. It's beautiful weather right here. And um, some of you have moved. What moves you? Some of you have actually moved in weather that wasn't good. But what moves you? Some of you are going to say, well, it was a U-Haul. It was friends. It was people that owed me favors. Uh, but, but looking beyond that, what, what really moves you? What, what gets inside you to act? And uh, for, for us, there's a couple of us who enjoyed um, Franklin last night. And we're walking on the other side of the street. And I saw music playing. Okay, that moves me. And I was going to be on, stay on the other side of the street because after all, we had a baby with us. No, 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 Mary, she just walked right out in traffic and we, we crossed the street to go listen to some Irish music. It moves us. Things that we have a passion about, we are moved by. So for, for many of us, um, we're moved by wanting a better job. We, we get training for a better job. We're moved because we're not content with the situation we're in. Something stimulates our heart. We have a passion. Um, we are moved by that. So um, motivation is basically what moves us. And some of us need more motivating than others. Uh, some people are quickly motivated. Some people um, need a little bit of help in that direction. We're going to talk about compassion today. And in the verses that, that Barbara had talked about, Jesus was moved with compassion. And we're just going to tear that apart as to what that really means. And, and somewhere I think um, compassion is greatly overused because often it's used in commercials to try to convince you that they care about you because the word compassion evokes feelings. We have ministries that have the word compassion in them because we, they want us to feel like they care. It's a depth. So that word in itself. Now, we all have different ways that we describe compassion. And if you attempt to be compassionate to me and it doesn't meet my needs, then often I think maybe you're arrogant or not caring. We all have a different way compassion meets our heart needs. And um, we want compassion and we need to get it. Now, according to Webster, which of course we all know is, is probably the closest thing to reality, um, it's a sympathetic consciousness of others' distress and with the desire to alleviate it. So a lot of us see the distress and see the issues that are going on, but we really don't care. We don't have compassion. Um, compassion in the Bible almost always alludes to kindness. And it always brings the focus back to God. So when you think about that, always kindness and always brings it back to God. Now, there's a Greek word that I'm not even going to try to pronounce, and it literally means to move in one's bowels. Now, in the Bible times, that meant you were really moved in your gut. It was a gut feeling support. Um, and, and the biblical, the, the bowels were considered where the place of love and, 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 and pity dwelt. So it's really deep. It's not surface. And we have a culture that, that I think operates on surface compassion. It looks compassionate. It seems to be compassionate. I'll do it so that other people think I'm compassionate. Now, there's, um, there's some interesting quotes. Uh, courage, kindness, friendship, character. These are the qualities that define us as human beings and propel us on occasion to greatness. And then the Dalai Lama, a kind gesture can reach a wound that only compassion can heal. If you want to be happy, practice compassion. 
If you want to be happy, practice compassion. What a thought. And then Mother Teresa, I would rather make mistakes in kindness and compassion than work miracles in unkindness and hardness. Wow. So let's kind of unwrap those verses that, that Barbara read. Let's take a look at Matthew 9. And it's in 36. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Um, we had sheep one time in our life. We had two sheep, two lambs for 4-H, and it was an, a lesson we learned well. The lesson we learned, we will never have sheep again. Partially because um, we have horses, and, and horse and sheep, some of the things you have to do for them are not compatible, so if you, you can't got to make sure that the horses can't find the sheep feed. And, but the sheep didn't care about fences. They just kind of went, and we didn't know a thing about them. And we learned that we don't really want to know about them. We sold them when we were done, and, and we, were, we were quite happy. But it was interesting that Jesus uses this. So that tells me that compassion has to be active because he was moved. Um, when you think about it, earlier in the chapter, some men let their friend down through the roof for Jesus to heal him. It had to have action. Compassion isn't just a feeling. It's something you do when you're moved with compassion. It's, it's not just something I feel compassion. No, it's if I have compassion, I'm going to be moved to do something with that feeling of compassion. So what do you do? Well, there's, there's a few parts, but let's just look at those words. Um, when Jesus saw the multitude. So let's look at that word, um, compassion is seeing. It's very simple. Um, what do you see behind me? So just, just look up there behind me, um, and I think I can accurately describe it. Um, a few people saw me popping my head out of that thing up top and being Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Um, some of you will see the banners. Some of you will see the rock wall. Some of you are going to see the ladder, and some of you are going to be totally distracted because now you're going to be looking at the things in the back wall. Um, but part of seeing is understanding and, and identifying what you're seeing. And we all are going to see things different. So what did Jesus see? And did he see something different than the disciples? Because as we're going to find out through these verses, that Jesus would have to wake them up and go, um, didn't you see that? And they're like us. We saw things that Jesus didn't see. So it's a part of who we are, what we see, and what we discover is that we have to see people like Jesus sees them. We can't just look at the multitudes. We have to see Jesus. Now, oftentimes, and I do this, I look at people and I see their actions. And that's, that's the most obvious thing. And I don't have a lot of compassion because they really need to get it together. Their actions show they don't got it together. I think they need to get it together. They should have planned. They should have actually gone to the grocery store and they should have pulled a cooler so that when Jesus saw them, and you know, we do that. We kind of, we kind of have our pre-prescribed -pre ways that we have compassion, and some of it's just by totally opinion. But we see people who've made a total wreck out of their lives, and our compassion is quite limited because we forget the messes we've made of our lives. Well, Jesus has moved the compassion, and if we go back to the definition, he was moved down inside to act. Now, we don't necessarily do that. We find a program to put people in. We find um, an organization. We, um, 
we do things, get them in a self-help group. We help them organize their life. It's a lot easier to have compassion when other people are doing the work. Get them in somewhere to help them instead of us having the compassion to go out actually do what, what's hard. Now, he was, he was moved to compassion because they were weary and scattered. And we see that all the time. We pe see people that are scattered about in life. And a lot of times, their being scattered in life rubs off on me. And therefore, then I feel scattered in life. And we struggle to walk alongside people that are scattered because they have piles all over the living rooms of their lives. And somehow in our world, we want to clean up their messes and organize their piles in the living room. We really don't want to sit on the couch and listen. And Jesus saw them and saw what they needed. So then in Matthew 14, 14, Jesus went out and he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. He acted. So a lot of times, and maybe it's a female thing, if I see something, I'm going to bring a casserole or a hot dish. I don't know what the South is, but in up North, we, we act, we do something like that. We break it down and we are going to solve the needs. We're going to get the cake. We're going to make the food train. We're going to do something. We're compassionate, and we fill in the blank. Well, Jesus was moved with compassion, and he brought a casserole. That's not what the Bible verse says. He didn't also turn the water into wine. It doesn't say he sent the demons in to the, to the pigs. It said he healed their sick. He knew what they needed. So having compassion isn't just feeling like you got to do something. It's feeling you need to do something and know what they need. It doesn't say he gave them a Band-Aid. doesn't say he sent them to Walgreens. doesn't say he told them where the nearest urgent care was. He looked at what they needed, and he did what he could do. Now, maybe it's just me, but I think we kind of like to boss people around because we're a bossy people. And we kind of like to tell people what to do. But Jesus didn't do that. He saw what they needed, and he did it. They were sick. They were healed. What if we actually tried to do that? If we just looked at what people needed and met the need of the moment. Now, what if you and I were moved to ask questions like, what do you need? What can I do for you? How can I step in and take the load off your shoulder? I think some of it is, I'm not sure I want to get excited about being the healer. I would rather be the GPS and tell them where to go to get healed. I see you bleeding. Ooh, I must talk to you. I must maybe be vulnerable to, to ask why you're bleeding, and I must get involved. And that then means that I might have to get some blood on me. Sometimes being compassionate hurts. And when we hurt, we need a healer. But but what if what if the memories, what if that was all turned the tables? It, it was us bleeding and hurting. And what does it feel like to have somebody say, well, here's a band-aid. Um, I'll get you a Tylenol. Is it possible, as you think about it, the disciples are with Jesus, that they looked and saw and didn't care that the people were weary and scattered. And if they're like me, judgment comes pretty quick. I learned it well. Is it possible that they saw, but they just wanted to be where Jesus pulls miracles out of the bags, but didn't really want to get dirty? Something to think about. And then in Matthew 15, 32, now Jesus calls the disciples to himself and says, I have compassion on the multitude 
because they have continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. Now I do not want to send them away hungry, lest they faint on the way. Now it seems as if Jesus has to explain this, which I think is kind of funny. Were those disciples eating their bread and fish for three days and didn't look around them? And three days, okay, three hours and I'm, I'm hangry. Three days. How could the disciples have missed what was going on around them? But we do. We just kind of miss it. And then Jesus has to be obvious. Out of sight, out of mind. The disciples didn't really seem to care. And Jesus was having to explain, they have had three days of nothing to eat. And now we're going to send them home. So he sees the long way. He sees the temperature. He sees the traveling. He sees the people's humanity that they need more. And Jesus anticipates what they're going to need. So he simply tried to make life easier. He looked at the evidence and he made a judgment call. We tend to make a lot of judgment calls, but we really don't want to analyze the evidence. We just want to look at it. What's the easiest way I can get out of Dodge and do it? And then I'm back on what I want to do. So it's really interesting because praying for people is noble. And we do it and we need to do it. But it doesn't say Jesus prayed for him. And he's God. It says he acted. He did something. We are, they are hungry and he does something about it. Now, we might not get that because we go to, well, we have quick trips up north. Um, I don't even know what you guys have down here. But I did stop at Bucky's, so I've crossed that off my bucket list. But we want to send someone to a quick trip. Uh, we want to push a button on our phone and have the food delivered. And it's really interesting when we look at someone's issues in life and their struggles and what they're dealing with, we often just go, okay, I'm going to solve it for the moment. We had a, we had a frog. Now, I, I realize that you guys down here don't understand, but we name our cars up north. We had a frog. Guess what color the frog was? Green. It was a Ford Escape. Uh, it was a good thing it was in Minnesota because it could not have got up a hill, much less the Smoky Mountains, much less a, a mountain. It worked from getting from A to B. Um, it had four wheels, and I think it kind of hopped. That's why we called it the frog. But it took kids to school. It, um, it was the extra vehicle that we had that when people needed a vehicle, oh, you want to drive the frog. Now, technically, that was probably I should have given my, them my nice Honda, but no, they got the frog. So after a while, the kids were all gone, and we still had this frog sitting around. And um, the pastor had said there was a young man who uh, worked a lot in a, in a, a ministry that did recovering uh, from from men coming from prison, they would get a job, they'd live in the recovery house, and this young man had jumped through all the hoops, and he, he had a job, and he was saving money, and he needed a car, and so the pastor said, because he had borrowed the frog, and he had actually called me one time, frantic, and in the background, I heard the horn honking, and he goes, how do I shut it off, and I'm going, it's the frog, it just does what it wants, Pulled the battery cable off, but he was driving down the road, so that's not a good thing to do. So this frog did not have good memories with me. So when Jim says, uh, how about if we sell the frog to this young man at church? I'm going, with my blessing, send it off. So this young man had worked and made the amount of money that Jim um, quoted, which I thought was highly inflated. So they go down and they, uh, they meet in the parking lot, and, and the pastor kind of explains to this young man, and Jim hands him the keys, and the man handed him the money. And that would be a nice story, but that's not where it stopped. And we go back to Jesus saw what they needed because they had a long way to go and they were weary and faint. 
So Jim says, have you thought about changing the title? Yep, yep. And so Jim handed him back some money. How about insurance? You got insurance lined up. Well, yeah, I got it. Okay, handed him back some money. Well, tires aren't real good. You're going to need some tires. And this young man stood there and watched as Jim handed him back money, anticipating, like what Jesus said, they need to get home. What if we actually had compassion and looked beyond to see what a future need is? What if when someone loses a job, we think ahead? They have a mortgage payment. They probably have car insurance. The things that they would need, Jesus saw that. And he said, let's, let's meet their need because they have a long way to go and it's been three days and they haven't eaten. What if compassion acted that way? And then Matthew 20, 34. So Jesus had compassion and touched their eyes. Immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. Okay, now I have to put a little bit of claimer here. I come from Norwegian and Scandinavian country. That word, touched them, is a tough one because that word is about as close as some Norwegian and Swedes are going to get to touching. Um, there's just something about touching people that some people love and other people cringe. There's something about some people that open your arms for a hug and they jump in it and other people are gone. There's something about touching that invades my space and your space. Touching means we're willing to get in somebody's space. We're willing to put ourselves and be vulnerable. Um, in the past two years, we've, we've missed a lot of that. And people craved that touch, even people who didn't like hugs, just a fist bump. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm good because there's something about the human touch. If, if we turned that response, sometimes we might have to get close enough to people that we are a bit uncomfortable, but it's what they need. It's that comfort that they need. And then we jump into Mark 141. Then Jesus moved with compassion and stretched out his hand and touched him and said, I'm willing and be cleansed. That stretched out hand, remember the touch part, is just as important as the words he used. And often we need to maybe not use as many words and use a little more of reaching out to people. Words don't solve problems. Sometimes words cause more problems. But sometimes just being there being in proximity is the compassion that people need. I just need to know you're close. We don't need to talk. We just need to have that outstretched hand. Helen Keller was quoted as saying, the most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt in the heart. Jesus physically touched to heal. Jesus used words. We may have to decipher what is needed, and there is a time and a place for both. Now, if we look at this last verse, Luke 7, 13, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, do not weep. Well, now Jesus didn't go get some Kleenex and he didn't say, don't worry. And he didn't say, just, you know, dry all your tears. You're just an emotional wreck. No, he acknowledged there was an issue and the tears she was crying was very present. And a lot of times we see somebody struggling with something and the first thing we say is, it's okay, it's going to be all right, don't cry. And sometimes the tears are the best language we can use. So what's this context? Well, a man had died. Okay, we know that. And the man who had died was being carried out. He was a woman's only son. Okay, now back in that culture, as a widow, she had nothing. She had no rights. She had no nothing. So 
if you think about it, she was totally dependent on the husband, which she didn't have, and the son, which was laying um, dead. So what was she crying about? We don't know. Was she crying about the past? Was she crying about the present? Was she crying about the future? He could have been the worst son in the world. But he was hope. Sometimes we cry over the past, and it's a very healthy thing to do. Sometimes we get caught up in the present, and tears are going to come. And sometimes we cry and we stress over tomorrow. And whatever she was crying about, Jesus changed two of those. Regardless of her tears, Jesus saw something he could do about. So the words mean a lot, and we've heard the, the saying that a picture paints a thousand words. Well, Jesus um, used words that painted more. And he had compassion, and he saw a heart without hope. And you've all been in places, and you've hear, heard the sobs of people that have no hope. And there's many times we can do nothing about it, but we can be there with our hands outstretched. Jesus just happened to be there, and he could do something about it. So if we have the compassion of Jesus, and we are to have the compassion of Jesus, we really need to look around us and look at the hearts that have no hope. And that brings us back to what Jesus saw when he looked at the crowds. He didn't just look. He didn't just glance. He didn't just look around and, and see people's heads, see what they're dressed. He, did, he saw who they were. He saw the hopeless. He saw the ones that are crying. He saw the ones that were bearing a lot of worry inside. He saw the ones that needed healing. And he appropriately did what the need was. So if we are going to have the compassion of Jesus, we have to be intentional. Jesus didn't turn water into wine when they needed a healer. He looked at it, he analyzed the situation, and he said, this is what I will do. So we can choose, there's a, um, there's a Bible verse in Romans that talks about it, and it's kind of from Exodus. Um, I will have mercy on who I have mercy, and I will have compassion on who I have compassion. And we do that good. We choose not to have compassion, and we choose not to have mercy. And part of it is because we don't look and we don't see. But part of it is we're not willing to be inconvenienced. Because every one of those situations that Jesus healed people, he was going somewhere and he stopped and he looked at the people's hearts. And that's going to be something. If, if our compassion is going to be from God and of God, um, it has to always lead back to God. Sometimes we do the right thing because it's the right thing. Sometimes we do the right thing because it's the what will honor God. It's maybe not the easy thing. It's maybe not the simple thing. And it's maybe not even something you understand. You know God has placed you in a situation for that purpose. Doesn't make sense. You're looking at the people. You're looking at the messes on the floor. And you're saying, God, you have placed me in this situation. Let me see the heart. Let me see the need. Let me see those who have no hope. So where does that really leave us as a, as a believer? Um, are we really seeking to be the one who loves others by being compassionate? Or are we just checking off our list? Well, I did that. I feel good about it. I helped that person cross that off that list. That old song, they'll know we're Christians by our love. We all know it. Well, they'll also know our love by our compassion. So think about that. They'll know we're Christians by our love. By our love, we sing it. But they'll know our love by our compassion. And our compassion has to be active. It has to be like a rolling stone. We can guide it, 
But if we sit on our chair and pray for God to raise someone up to be compassionate and meet the need, God will probably start prompting our chair, make us uncomfortable. I think it's time you need to get up. So there's the um, back, I don't know how many years ago it was, you had the bracelets that said, what would Jesus do? And that was a popular phenomenon. Well, what would Jesus do? I think it's time we go back to what did Jesus do? What, what did he do? He saw people. He saw a need. He had to bring our, our eyes, the disciples' eyes, to raise the concerns that there's more than what you see. There's three days down the road. They got to get back to where they're going. What are they going to need? Because in our society, it's a right now microwave instant gratification society. And sometimes we don't want to be there for the three days it's going to take us to help meet a need of somebody because that's going to take our time, our energy, and our money. But what did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? How did Jesus act? What made him stand out from all the others that were walking by? Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind, compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ he forgave you. And Colossians says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly beloved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. So if I could reword the verse, and um, in the Marat Jorgensen paraphrase, um, Looking and seeing the needs in people's lives, sometimes that means you need to change your plans to see what their need is. Sometimes that will and can convenience you, but Christ did. So as you get up in the morning um, and you clothe yourself, um, usually you have a plan and a purpose. Um, my husband clothes himself with clothes that are going to be in the shop getting greasy and dirty, and they may look dirty, but they are clean. By the end of the day, they will look dirtier because that's what he's going to do. If you are a firefighter and you're going to a fire, you're going to clothe yourself in what you need to equip yourself. If you work in a hospital, every day we get up and we clothe ourselves with the appropriate job of the day. Now, some of us who kind of enjoy doing nothing, we just get up and get dressed and go about having fun. But, but there's a reason I will go home to a little chillier climate. So when I clothe myself in the morning, I'm going to clothe myself to keep warm. Well, what if the most important thing you put on in the morning was compassion? It says here we are to clothe yourself with compassion. That means you put it on. What happens when you put it on? Well, you got to get your arms through it. You got to pull it down. You got to, you are enclosed in it. And when someone looks at you, they see the clothes you are wearing because you clothed yourself. What if people look at us and see, see? the compassion we're wearing by the way that we love. Compassion cares. Compassion sees those who are weary and scattered. Compassion anticipates what a person might need. Compassion touches. For some of us, especially in the South, they're touchy-feely. Sometimes that's hard. But Jesus did it. It was an action he required. Compassion gives hope. Most of all, compassion leads people to see actions, but not just the actions, the loving God behind the actions. So when we look back, Jesus was moved. We are moved. Several of us are going to be moved to go eat lunch today because we're driven by hunger. We want fellowship. 
You're going to be, I'm going to be moved to get on a plane later today because that's what's required for me to go home. And I hope they haven't canceled it or you'll have me for a while. We are moved to do different things in life. Every day we're moved to do things. What if as we're moved to do things, we see compassion as the first way we're moved? How can I be compassionate? How can I just let who I am step back and how and what I clothe myself with, with compassion, is what people see. It's what they feel. It's what they experience. It's what, it's what touches their heart. What, what if we actually acted like Jesus? And when we looked at people, we didn't just see where they are right now, but we see they've been here three days without food and they've got to go home. If that was me, what would I want? What would meet my needs? Uh, last night, um, after all the women went home, uh, we went upstairs and there's a baby here, which um, I'm a baby magnet. I love babies. Um, and he's a couple months older than my grandson, so that actually was a really good magnet. And I remember the days of having babies. Um, you don't forget them. You treasure them. But the one thing I always remembered was, you know, there are times where the moms need a break. So I took Ranger, and we went out on the porch, and we had a nap. And, of course, I used the word we had a nap. He slept. I rocked, and I thought. And later we took off, three of us, and went adventuring, and Ranger came with, and we had such a wonderful time. Now, we could have done it different. Um, we could have just, you know, done something we wanted to do and had fun our way. But compassion has action. And I saw this young mom, and, and it's like, how can I have fun? Because I kind of like to have fun. How can I give hope? How can I take where I am right now and be compassionate? And um, it ended up being a wonderful night of loving on a mom who didn't have to have the baby nonstop. And you know what it did for Mary and I? We're still smiling. So when you have compassion on people, it doesn't hurt when it's something God has laid on your heart. Because God gives you the energy, the focus, and it gives the people that you're being compassionate to something different. It's not just, she's a mom, she's got a baby, let's take the baby off her hands. And we do that being compassionate. We try to solve people's immediate issues. But no, let's just have a night in love. And as we look at what Jesus did, he was active. He saw the need, he knew the need, he met the need. But the first words in many of those verses were, and Jesus was moved. May we be moved like Jesus.